재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Do you like hip hop? Of course What do you like about it? Tell the story I love the art of hip hop Give me, give me, give me, give me some of that Hip hop, hip hop Baby, baby Give me some of that Hip hop, hip hop Baby, baby Fuck the beat Oh, that opening just made me really sad all of a sudden. Why? Because no more Obama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 just, I don't know. Hearing his voice made me miss him even more. Oh. I did not know that's where you were going with that. <laughs> But uh, I am so excited that we yay. finally have Kelly's song back in the studio. I'm so happy to be back. We're kind of complete now. Yes. yes. The three yes. females. Finally. Yes. Starting off the week uh, as February. a February. Yes. yes. Although we did have fun with Juan. Oh, yes, Juan. <laughs> He is the sweetest. Seriously, nice. The sweetest. Um, you were saying that he's a bigger fan of hip hop than you are. He is. Wow. He is. You could tell. And yeah. much more studious. <laughs> you, you could tell that too. Uh, we're so excited to have you back, Kelly. How have you been? Your vacation good. was good. It was good. I spent a lot of time with parents and Aww. grandma. And you're relaxed now. Yes. yes. Yay. And your skin is all soft. And <laughs> Well, well, she doesn't know if it's soft yeah. because she hasn't touched you, but because hopefully, hopefully. Uh, today we're having some fun with a question, and, and I think this is an interesting question to ask you too because yes. it might not be hip hop, right? Right, definitely so, not. Yeah, so, what's your first K-pop song that when you I think fell in love with? K-pop, I think of Idol. Uh-huh, and, okay, uh, for me, it was HOT. Which song? <gasps> it wasn't a song in particular. I think uh, when I heard. HOT, I heard both their first and second album, and I, I fell in love with like the whole package. Oh, you, you were really young then, though. You were probably an elementary, El- school. elementary schooler. Mm. But if we were thinking of K pop as just Korean pop music, mm-hmm. I would say solid. Solid. Yes. You were even younger. Yes, but it was always playing in my mom's car, and right. this was sort of the group that okay, really kills got me, me that your into. mom was the solid fan. She That's is. So that cute. kills she's me right hip. now. Okay, she's <laughs> hip. Solid. Uh, well, we're excited because. Because you're gonna be hip by getting into the hip hop. Yes. You see what I did there? Oh gosh! Yes. You see what I did there? All right, Let's just hip on over. <laughs> yes. So for the past few months, we've have primarily been looking at just rappers, mm-hmm. and I think this week it's a good sort of time for us to break away from rappers and look at sort of two equally important people in the hip hop scene. And we are going to be looking at Booba, who is a hip hop photographer, and oh. Ro Digga, who is an album art director. I've I heard of Ro. You yes. mentioned Ro Digga. Yes, that's how we. Heard of him, okay. and I think he's done a lot of work for Brand New as well. That's probably another reason yes. why I've heard of him. <laughs> His name sounds okay. familiar, <laughs> and he also goes by Ro D, Ro D, so, yeah, or Ro Digga. Mm-hmm. And both of them, it's interesting. They're both uh, men, and they're both born in 1986. So I think it's really interesting how your year, yes, my year. <laughs> um, how you know these people born in the same year are both doing something very visual in the mm. hip hop scene. And so we're going to start off with Booba, who is a hip hop photographer, and he's probably the most well known hip hop photographer. In the scene right now, because there aren't many, and he's the most sort of prof. He does a lot of work with many, many artists, mm-hmm. probably everyone um, in the hip hop scene. Wow. He was born in Busan, but raised in Morocco. What? What? Yeah. Don't you have to be like super rich to live there? <laughs> I think his parents. <laughs> That's Monaco. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> so um, he, I think for most of his younger childhood days, he lived in Morocco. And that's when, uh, in, when he was 10 years old, he started taking photos with his parents' camera. Oh. And he instinctively, he said he loved playing with cameras. So he broke a lot of them. So his, oh. parents, <laughs> his parents restrained him from touching it when he was really young. But mm-hmm. it was, I think, for him, 
a really interesting sort of device to look at because cameras were so rare in the neighborhood that where right. he grew up. Mm. Right. And um, growing up, another interesting fact about him is that he was a golfer in his What? teenage years. His parents probably want him to be a pro golfer. <laughs> probably. Mm. But um, so he got teased a lot by his friends, though, because golf is, it seems boring to and his nerdy friends. And nerdy. When you're that age. Right. But he was persuaded by his parents, you know, because it was such a good opportunity to learn golf, mm -hmm. um, which is something rare again in Korea. And he participated in a lot of competitions, both in Morocco and outside of Morocco. So wow. he also went to France to compete. And it's where he learned, like, the world is such a big place. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's bigger than anything he had ever imagined. Of course. And it, it's in 2004. So he, he started listening to hip hop. Pretty late, uh, if you compare yeah. him with other sort of artists, right? Because 2000 by 2004, he is in his high school years, almost 20, right? Yeah. When he was introduced to Cypress Hill, mm -hmm. and it was interesting. It's not a CD, but a cassette tape. Again, oh. pretty rare. In 2004, they right. were done by 2001 ish. It was, I think, because he's still in Morocco. I don't uh, know. <laughs> they just have old school old stuff. Old stuff. <laughs> or it, it's his friend gives him this cassette tape, and he listens to it. And he falls in love with um, not only Cypress Hill, but mm -hmm. Wu-Tang Clan, Tupac. And he just starts loving just the culture of hip-hop. Right. And he, he digs deeper into it. And by then, again, he it's his turn to come back to Korea. And he mm. comes back to Korea for university. And it's interesting, he, his parents sent him by himself. So he comes to Korea with just one bag, he said. He came, and his first impressions of Seoul were blue, dark, and cold. That's and, like New York or, <laughs> or Detroit. Or any big city, right? <laughs> it, and it, it, he felt this even though he arrived during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> What I'm confused wow. is that he came near 2004, right. 2003, 2004 for college. For he was college. getting westernized then, too. By then, if he's complaining that it was cold, dark, and sad he during said, that time, yeah. he should have come before when we first came. <laughs> It's like, what? I think because he was shocked. No one smiled back at him yeah. when he smiled right. or said hi back to him. A little mm -hmm. bit different. Right. We, and it was a culture shock for us, too, when we first came. But we would we realized later that people are just so busy. Right. Yeah. They're life. not rude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just right. life. And it's just not a custom here, to, right? To do that. And yeah. for him, you know, being in Morocco, he was the only Asian boy. But right. being back in Korea, he, he felt so much like being back in his culture. But right. It didn't embrace him. And he didn't belong. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel so comfortable here, though. Right. Because, like, everyone's Korean. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, um, long story short, he gets into Seoul National University. Wow. But it takes him, like, twisty roads. Oh, so that's why the long story the is short. Long story okay. short. And he, after he gets into college, you know, he takes the most, you know, common route and goes to the army. Oh, uh, of course. And in the army, he meets a b-boy. And through him, he gets to know the Rivers crew. Which I is, know the Rivers crew! Yeah, which is a b-boy crew. <laughs> yeah. Very, very famous and talented. And he starts taking their photographs. Oh. And it's sort of through that he gets his way into the hip-hop scene. Mm -hmm. And through them, he gets to To know a lot of DJs in the scene and through the DJs he gets to know a lot of record labels like Soul Company which wow. was really big at the time right. and so a lot of opportunities come to him because one he's not only taking pictures but two he loves hip hop right. so mm -hmm. that draws you know hip hop artists to invite him to take their pictures and to be able to do what you love right 
and oh, yeah. it's your job right. and you get to enjoy music, good music, music as well. Doing it, Man. Right? And I think for him, it's really interesting because he's a photographer. He's able to tie in like DJs, B-boys, right. MCs all together through his artwork. Mm-hmm. And it's been eight years since he's been in the hip hop scene, but mm-hmm. he wants to, you know, continue uh, not only doing uh not only taking photos but do an exhibition um right. when his 10th year comes just along two years he should and, definitely you know, prepare for that right. almost there because yeah. he has so much uh so many photos of right. not only artists on stage but off stage as well like the behind the scenes mm-hmm. right. those oh, are the people best. would love that yeah. and he said he wants to make an exhibit where the artists want to come and see his work oh yeah. even better well we're gonna play a track for you guys and we'll talk more uh what's this one so uh i chose tracks that both Booba and Rodiga have personal connections mm-hmm. and professional um, ties to. Mm-hmm. And this song is called Sarangiotta by Zico, featuring Luna of FX. <laughs> Come on, everybody, sing with me. No. Okay. <laughs> Please explain how they are tied together. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zico and Booba are part of Buckwild's crew. Mm. And Booba also did uh, the art album artwork for Zico's 2015 album, Gallery. Nice. Uh-huh. So if he does his exposition, then Zico will come. Yes, <laughs> of course. And the song we're going to hear next mm-hmm. is uh, a tie-in to the second artist we'll be going into today called right. Rodiga. And the song is called Realize. Uh, it's a deep float track featuring Ven. The more you come into the mm-hmm. studio, the more I know a lot of these names. Right, I'm like, I've heard this. <laughs> yes, I love it. Again, it's, it's deep like float. Dots. Yeah. Featuring Ven and it's called Realize. We'll see you in the fourth and final segment. Shit. Yeah. I realize DK Trey Fantastic Welcome back to the fourth and final segment. We are continuing on with Let's Hip Hop and we have our girl Kelly Song in the studio. Yes. And during the song break, you were telling us you still have so much to talk about. You have yes. a whole person we left. Have a, we have a whole person left. <laughs> yes. We're moving on to a different artist. So yes. Rodiga. Rodiga yeah. is our second artist. And he is the co-CEO of this major company, uh, who, which is co-run by Deep Flow, who we covered a few weeks back. Right. Uh, Rodiga is well known as a album art director but mostly as a hip-hop album art director he does do other genres as well but um he was born in 86 like booba and he was born in puchan but he lived all over um in, in many different areas, including Doksandong, Gwangmyeong, Oryudong, Incheon, Pupyeong, before finally settling down in Ilsan in wow. third grade. And he still lives there. Okay. And so all of his family, he said most of his family on his father's side lives in Canada and in, and in America. So growing up, he had a lot of chances to visit um, the North American continent, mm-hmm. so to speak. And when he would visit, he would see MTV. Oh, <laughs> that's like the best outlet for right. hip hop. And um, the he remembers seeing DMX for DMX. the first time. And he was just so shocked. So what he did 
Go ahead. Uh, was he visited a local uh, record store mm-hmm. and he spent all of his life savings <laughs> and he music. bought and he bought cassette tape. So Aww. everything he saw, he would grab and he bought it. And um, just going back and forth, um, Canada, America, and Korea, mm-hmm. and finally coming back to Korea in 1999. Uh, when he came back. You know, 1999 is also a year when hip hop was booming in Korea, right. right? And so he listened to a lot of a lot of what's coming out from Korea, including Chopidi. And when he heard Chopidi, he thought to himself, "You know, I want to pursue hip hop uh, as a sort of a life career." Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because he was living at Ilsan uh, at the time. And if you remember, um, during this the ne- late 1990s, these different neighborhoods had different. Styles of fashion, so yeah, right. Like Gangnam is hip hop, and Gangbuk is pop. Yeah, and even within the Gangnam area, Jamshil right. was different too. Right, and so he says Ilsan was pop, which is sort of like a retro, retro. feel, mm-hmm. and he was the only person. In Ilsan, literally wearing hip hop clothes. He's cool like that. But he he felt sort of like the odd one out. And um, he also met uh, through online communities, which we've been talking about a lot, Mm -hmm. um, different hip hop artists. And he ran uh, an online community with Huckleberry P, who we covered a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. So Huckleberry P was sort of the system operator, or what we call CISAP, and Road Digger served as sort of the vice uh, system operator. And it's at this time when he began to rap. And um, he was shocked. Uh, He said this was also a time when Verbal Jint was starting his career. Uh And he was influenced a lot by Verbal Jint and sort of the ways that Verbal Jint rhymed. So Mm -hmm. does he have a similar style where it's just kind of like the laid back kind of chill? chill? For him, I think... He never fully established a music career mm. before he like, continued on with continued, the art directing yeah. stuff. Right. So, um, because he spent so much of his middle school and high school years in Canada, he comes back to Korea for college because okay. he was really homesick for mm-hmm. Korea and um, his family. And he decides to come here to study, and he becomes a art, a digital art major. But it's interesting; he doesn't really take a lot of courses in his own major, but mm-hmm. takes a lot of courses outside of his major, and he takes a lot of um, courses in digital sound. And he meets through these classes. You know, hip hop artists or uh, those interested in hip hop, and through that he forms a small crew based in Ilsan called Undercover Sounds. I love that. <laughs> right, that's cute. <laughs> and they make a lot of music together. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is around the time 2005, 2006, and he. He hears um, Mild Beats, who is a producer, his album called Loaded. Mm-hmm. And on the album, there is a track called Injo Kangdo. Kangdo as like thieves. Rob- so yeah. like rob- 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 robbery, robbery uh-huh. thieves. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah. two thieves would be like a rough translation. Mm. And the person who's on the track is Deep Flow. And mm. he just becomes so mesmerized by Deep Flow. He asks his friend to introduce him to Deep Flow. And it's interesting, like, you know, this this is where they first connected, and later on, you know, these two would form a label together. Wow, very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, when you tell us these stories mm-hmm. about these artists, where they started, right. how they got, got there, and how they are where they are now. They, it, they're they're stories that really do go back so far. They do, yeah. and they connect in sort of so many different mm-hmm. ways. And um, around this time again, he, what he he's on. You know, these websites called Hip Hop Player, which mm-hmm. is a really big hip hop site. Right. And he finds someone he's, he sees, 
as very interesting. And that someone happens to be Swings. Oh, <laughs> so he is very interesting, right? And he, so Rodega sends him a message like, "Let's meet up," and they find out they're both. Born in 1986. Oh, that's right. And at this time, Basic is also starting his career. Uh And Basic is also born in 1986. Oh, he's an 86er? Yes. This is before he left for office work, right? Yes, this is before. This is is when they were all starting their careers. And so these three, along with a couple of other artists, form what they call 86ers crew. And... Um, Road Digger designs Swings' Punchline King cover and sort of this is uh, Road Digger's sort of first job in the hip-hop scene so to speak All as right. an art director. Well nice. we're going to take a break there take a listen to another song and then we'll come back and talk more. Yes. Uh, this next one is perfect because Road Digger and Well Swings they started off together. Yes and this is Swings 2013 a- a track called Tukuiso Oh I love it when Swings kind of tones it down a right. bit and just does it this style. He can do everything. He can sing too. Yes, he can. He's the John Legend kind of voice. Right, right. I love his voice. <laughs> uh, but today we're talking about Rodega, guys. Rodega. Yes. Yes. Swings is another day. <laughs> but he's close to Swings. Yes. yes. So we were, we were talking about um, his family on his father's side. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, important to touch on it one more time. Because a lot of his family on his father's side does art. And it naturally sort of influences him to, you know, um, take interest in design, drawing, and whatnot. And for him in high school, he spent a lot of time um, learning to uh, manage computer programs, which allow him to make art as well. Right. So he sort of mastered that in high school. And so going back, uh, fast forwarding to his university college days, he again, uh, like Booba, goes to the army. <laughs> and when he comes back, you know, he decides, I don't want to pursue music per se, but I want mm-hmm. to make music. I, I want to make money, sorry. Money. <laughs> money. So, um, Smart guy. So he joins a video production firm and he spends, I think, about two, three years there working um, as, as just... Um, and, and in creating video and, mm-hmm. and okay. artwork. Videographer. Mm-hmm. Right. And during this time, he listens to a track called mm-hmm. which means um, if you're a prepared rapper, don't take off your hat. Because hip-hop is all about <laughs> hat and shoes. And this, yeah, but this has a really special story because uh, this is a song by Optical Eyes XL and it's mm-hmm. on um, his mixtape called Wreckage Through the Fire. And it's something that he released after he had literally been burned, like his skin had been burned when his mm-hmm. house had caught on fire and he had survived that. Wow. And so after he had listened to, after Rodega had listened to this mixtape, you know, the fire within him Rosa bigger, and, right. uh-huh. and he decides to come back to the hip hop scene. Oh, and when he comes back, you know he's he originally wanted to come back and make music, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of people at this time started asking him for help on with design and video, and so he realized, wow, I can really make a job or a living out of this, and I can still, you know, do hip hop, right, uh, so to speak, and so. 
um, it's from this time he really starts building his portfolio mm-hmm. and as one way to build his portfolio not only in Korea but outside he sends literally 200 to 300 emails a day he said to wow. rappers in the United States he's like <gasps> Yoon Jong-shin right <laughs> so what he would do is he would google uh, rappers he's interested in mm-hmm. and google sort of their managers emails or managers wow. contacts and whatnot and That's he would passion. right and he would send out like hundreds of emails a day asking for jobs or like this is my portfolio mm-hmm. you know if you have a job and whatnot and he said you know in, in the beginning he would do whatever came in so one of his first clients ever was an 18 year old rapper based in michigan an nice. amateur rapper and you know things get bigger and bigger and he f- gets contacted by bob's manager if he'd like wow. to work on bob's mixtape cover no, nothing on you right <laughs> and since then he has worked with you know vado kevin mccall slum village sierra wale cj fly and then in the k-pop scene pakte bomb j park hyorin changaejin wow. yangdae all Huge different names. sort of um artists not only you know within hip-hop but mm-hmm. outside of hip-hop as well wow. and you know this time when he was building his portfolio he reconnects with d flow whom he mm-hmm. had sort of lost contact with mm-hmm. you know uh when he went to the army and so and then through the reconnection he joins this major crew and then when the crew becomes a label he becomes a co-ceo with not only d flow but utan as well right. so the three are co or try CEOs. Try CEOs. <laughs> At the moment, though, he's more into the art aspect right. of it. He doesn't yes. actually pursue like a... No. Uh, there's, he doesn't do any of the hip-hop no. rap stuff. Okay. No. no. All right. Just, just for fun. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, speaking of fun, today we learned a lot and it was quite interesting. Yes, it was. Uh, but before you go, yes. you are going to share something that one of them have said. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is Ro Digga during our interview. Hip-hop is an antidote to a poison called life. (laughs) It is more than a childhood curiosity. It is a powerful force that can not only change me as an individual, but also positively affect the lives of many people around the world. Well said, Road Digger. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so very much, Kelly. We'll see you again next week for more. Yes. Until then, we're going to play you a track from Utan, who's a try. Try CEO. CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The track is called Terio Da Jurke, and it features the vocalist, Ven. Thanks, Thanks, Kelly. Thank you.